them in my spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't care what. Not no megabytes, gigabytes, none of that. I'm, I'm concerned with it work bites. Amen. 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 Explain it to me all you want to, but if it don't work, it don't matter. Amen. You get to stop in the cash app, we got problems. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's try it again. Amen. I'm going to try to talk to you real quickly. Had a whole part four ending sermon for this series. Then about, I don't know, about four o'clock in the morning. The Lord told me that we were going to do something else, and I'm all right with that, amen? Because any time that, that he changes the game, it's not the game that he changed. He's changing my game. He's changing my plan, amen? And so uh, I bless God for that. We're going to look at the, the book of Genesis, chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. And I want to say this real quickly before we get started. Uh, brothers in the house, we have our men's conference t-shirts in my office amen uh, we've got several different sizes some of you have already purchased your shirts um, but we have several so for those of you that have purchased them you can pick them up after service those of you who desire to purchase a shirt you can pick it up after service and we are excited about the men's conference that will be uh, in two weeks amen and let me just say that I am excited about the men period doing some good work, amen, and doing some good work, excited about uh, the growth in our men, amen, and um, yeah, it's a blessing, it's a blessing when, when we come together and become one, amen, I ain't going to say that we're killing the women with our, with our shirts, but we're killing them, amen, <laughs> amen. I told Miriam the other day, I said, we, uh, we, uh, we got shirts. We have. <laughs> only rebellion responds to rebellion. You notice only women laughed at that, amen. amen. <laughs> so you hear the jealousy in the tone. It's a shirt. No, it's not a shirt. It's our shirt. Where's y'all shirt? Amen. We got a shirt. We got a few things, don't we, gentlemen? We got a few things. Y'all don't even know what all we got. We got, we got some stuff. I mean, Y'all don't even meet. We meet every Tuesday night. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Little phone app. We, we on Zoom. Four calls deep because we ain't paying for it. It's a free app. Amen. Four calls. 45 minutes apiece. Y'all don't share time like that. Amen. Love my brothers. See how they told me they love me back? Because we're, we're unified. We're unified. Amen. Yeah. We say it all through the day. In fact, be quiet. <laughs> no man should say get him, sister. <laughs> CJ, make sure you get the card on the way out. Amen. Get the card on the way out. We traitor in the midst. You can see who's still scared of the couch. Amen. <laughs> Genesis chapter 22, verses 1 through 5. Amen. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. 
Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Then he said, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place, saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. If I could take you back to verse number two, where God is talking to Abraham, he says, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, whom you love, underscore that. I want you to take him to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on the mountains of which, of which I shall tell you. In other words, I want you to sacrifice him. Somebody say sacrifice. And then if we look, go back to the last verse, verse number five, it says, And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship and underscore we will come back to you. If I could talk to you from a topic today, I'd like to talk to you from the topic, I'm still going to trust him. I am still, I'm still going to trust him. And you have to understand the depth of this because he's saying and God has said to Abraham I want you to sacrifice your only son the one you love and he reminds him of how deep this investment that he's about to make is see it's not a sacrifice if it don't hurt it's not a sacrifice if it don't cost you nothing some some of you some of you uh in your giving may give, but it's not a sacrifice. When you sacrifice, it hurts. Sacrifice means you have to rearrange some things. I love what the uh, psalmist David said one day. He said I will, uh, he went to get some, some timber uh, to build, uh, uh, to build um, uh, a place for the Lord uh, in repentance, and, and, and the man saw that it was the King David, and he said, he said, uh, uh, what I want you to do is, he said, he said, I want to give it to you. I want to bless it with you. And I love what David said. Amen. I love what David said. David said, I will not give the Lord which, that which has cost me nothing. Hallelujah. I will not give the Lord that which has cost me nothing. We, we've got to get out of our heads that we're just going to give God whatever we got left. We've got to get this thing out of our minds that we're going to give God, you know, uh, you know, I'll give him a little time, 
but I got such and such to do later on, and I can't let what, I, what, what you want me to do for the Lord get in the way of what I'd like to do for myself. Sacrifice. Remember, we was talking about the altar. The altar, it, 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 it was a place where they bled. They bled. Usually, when you sacrifice something, uh, it, it's something that you don't necessarily want to do. It is, it's perplexed to you. It, it's perplexing to you. It, it causes you issues because who wants to go through sacrifice? The, 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 oh, God. Uh, the, the church should never be with need because we understand the word sacrifice. But in, instead, what, what has happened is uh, because we refuse to come out of our flesh, the church is what gets sacrificed. Oh, y'all don't hear me in here. So, so some of us are trying to figure out why things aren't working out the way we hope that they would, the way that we thought they would. And I've been showing up to church every Sunday, and I, you know, and, and I give a little something, and, you know, and, and, and every now and then when I got the time, I give my time, and, uh, but, 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 but I'm, I'm not going to sacrifice. In fact, you've been taught that it don't make no sense to give of your last when you know it's your last to a place that looks like it's got far more than you do. You got to watch those teachings. Here lately, my mind has been focused on faith. Faith. Because without faith, I can't sacrifice. See, see, I have to know that I know that I know that I know that I know if I'm going to sacrifice. You understand what I'm saying to you? And so, and so I've been thinking a lot about faith here lately, not just so that I can teach and preach on the subject, but more so because... I want to know that my faith is what it should be instead of what I think it is. Can I say that again? I, I want to make sure my faith is what it should be rather than what I think it is. Because the last thing that I need uh, is to be thinking is that my faith is on this level and then tests and trials come to challenge or take my life. And I find out that my faith uh, was more so a talk than truth. And this is important to understand because uh, this is important to understand because uh, what you need to know is that there are going to be trials and, and, and there are going to be attacks. And sometimes attacks are so brutal and so unthinkable that if this faith that I have is more uh, than talk, uh, 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 is more talk than truth, then chances are I won't survive. And can I just go ahead and tell you that you can show up the next Sunday and still didn't survive. You can be shouting yet didn't survive. And, 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 and the reason that that is so, watch this, I, show, I want you to catch this today, is because we've been so conditioned to losing, losing start, begins to look like winning. Folk begin to say, uh, but I'm here. I ain't necessarily excited about being here as much as I'm concerned about how am I here. Lord, how I, I, I don't want to be in a position to where I'm talking about I'm here, but my here doesn't exemplify the greatness of God in my life. Shouldn't always be struggling. And I ain't just talking about monetarily. Shouldn't always be struggling in my spirit. Shouldn't always be downtrodden. Shouldn't always be beat up. I mean, we are connected to the greatest source that ever existed. How is it? 
that the redeemed can always be entrapped. What we, the clergy, the pastors and bishops in the earth realm preach far too little of is the fact that we have an enemy. In fact, the Bible even tells us to be sober and vigilant because our enemy, our enemy, the adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And when I hear the term devour, which, which means to use up or destroy as if by eating, and I found that definition most credible in this instance because that's what, that's what Satan does. He sets traps to get us entangled in his webs of iniquity and sin. And anytime, I want you to catch this, anytime uh, uh, sin has the opportunity to set up in a person, it begins to destroy them little by little. Mm, Lord, have mercy. By, by, by slowly eating up their morals and standards. And after a while, what you have is a person who has the form of godliness, but is denying the power thereof. My, my faith needs to be real. Watch this. My faith needs to be real because my enemy is real. My faith needs to be real because my bills are real. My faith needs to be real because the doctor's report was real. In fact, every hell that is bringing itself up against me is real. So I need my faith. I need my faith to be, to be real. I have mountains in my life that, that need to be removed. And Jesus said, if I have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, move from here. Move from there. And it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. I need faith. In fact, that's the type of faith I need. That when they uh, let me go on the job, I can speak to a job through the atmosphere. And, and the last three applications that I fill out, all of them calling me trying to give me employment. And not just any old job. They're giving me a job that's better than the one that I had before. I, 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 to, but I need you to understand, to come up with this type of faith, you have to understand uh, that you are going to have to have gone through some things. Uh. <laughs> Jesus said something very interesting. He said, he said, if, if, somebody say if, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, and I showed all of you one day what a mustard seed was and how small it was. It is the smallest seed in, in the seed, uh, you know, uh, seed group, uh, but it actually produces the biggest harvest. And Jesus says this, and this is very important. I found it very interesting when he said, if, if you have the faith, the size of a seed, of a mustard seed. In other words, the word if implies that faith isn't as easily obtained as we'd like it to be. Faith, and isn't it, isn't it, isn't it, isn't it uh, just insane when you find out how much faith you really don't have? And, 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 and he says, if you can have this little, and he, so he's saying if to say, this ain't easy to come by, baby. This ain't, this ain't easy to come by. You, you're going to have to have went through some things. Watch this. You're going to have to have, you don't have to, you don't have to exercise patience in order to get the if, Lord, how mercy, to, to get the seed size of faith. You're going to have to have went through some things and, and patience was exercised in order for you to see the goodness of God who was on your side. You don't just wake up one morning and say, I got it. 
This faith I cried through. This faith I sweated through. This faith I thought I was going to lose my mind, but, but I'd rather lose my mind than lose the possibility or the thought of going through whatever it was that I had to go through without him. This faith has been battle-tested and battle-proof. going to have to go through some things. Faith faith that can stand. Lord, how much? I'm talking about if you want a faith that can stand in the fire. It's a faith that has faced many giants and with each battle it has come out stronger than what it was before. Uh, what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying to you that, that some of you are going through some trials and some tribulations right now. Some of you are in a place where faith is all that's going to get you through. But I just want you to understand that as faith, because faith will, baby, faith is heavy enough to take you through despite where you are. It don't make no, no it might be big for you, too big for you, too incredulous for you, but it is not too major for God. And I want you to understand you ought to get excited if, if, if the level of your attack is size 10 you need to get excited about that because if you allow faith to have its perfect work if you allow faith to do what it's supposed to do then baby that faith that went in on a 10 is going to come out on a 20 so the next time and there will be a next time the next time that the enemy throws his weight around at you you'll be able to stand stronger than ever before somebody say give me that faith I want you to understand that there is nothing pretty about faith. In fact, faith is a war tactic that is the most least used weapon in the believer's arsenal. And, and it's the least used because if I have a job, I can pay my bills. I don't need faith for that. I, I was in a church service one time. Uh, somewhere else, and, and I was watching all of the people, and everybody was a well-to-do church, and everybody, you could tell, had great jobs, and, and, you know, they just had it going on, and when you walked out into the parking lot, you begin to see all of these incredible cars. I mean, you just, this church was beautiful. The people were beautiful. Their bank accounts was beautiful. You understand what I'm saying to you? They drove beautiful. They probably lived in beautiful, and, I, and the Holy Spirit began to ask me a question and said, but how many of you do you think is saved? How, how many of them do you think really believe in me? Or has the enemy mistakenly made them believe that they have faith when really they don't have faith, what they have is income? Mm. Mm. I love what Francis Chan, when uh, he said one day, he, he was preaching uh, to his flock. He said, do you know, do you know why I, I start churches in the richest parts of California? And everybody said, why? He said, he says, because you are the worst. He says, your, your, your wealth has made your own form of a ghetto. It's hard to praise God when you got everything. It's real easy to say, God's been good to me when you got everything. But, but when you lose the job, is he still as good to you? as it was last week when you when you lose the house is he still is he still good to you is he has he still been good to you when 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 you lose the car has he has he you understand what i'm saying to you when you find out that your kids is out their own foolishness is he still as good to you as you claimed he was when everything was going all right 
If I have no problem with my legs or my feet, I don't, I don't have to have faith to walk across this room. I can just get up and go, and just like that, I'm there. Lily, stand up. Sit down. Lily, stand up. Sit down. Lily, stand up. Sit down. Three times I asked her to stand up and sit down. She never once checked the chair to see if the chair could hold her. But what we do when it comes to God is we, 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 when God tells us to do something, we got to check God out. We got to check out the situation. We got to see how we're going to go about it. We gonna, I know God told me to do it, but now I got to see how I'm going to do it. You just do it. When I told her to stand up, she didn't, she didn't put a plan together. She just stood up. When I told her to sit down, she didn't have to write out directions and how she was going to landscape. She just sat down. Some of us got more faith in the chair than we got in God. When he says do it, just do it. So I love me some Abraham. He said go. Abraham didn't even know. He, he just started walking. Lord, have mercy. It can be dangerous. It can be dangerous to think that you have faith and don't because as, as long as my natural abilities are operating at their optimum potential or even just average potential and, and we have no issues, we can mistakenly believe that we have faith simply because our faith has not been truly tested uh, to know where our faith really is. This is why so many times we see people fall by the wayside and become victims and prisoners of fear when a true storm or an attack of the enemy is launched upon us. It's easy to talk about trust God when there's nothing upsetting going on in your life. It's easy to tell someone else to have faith while they are going through the hells of their lives. But it's a whole other thing to tell yourself in the middle of your own storm, in the middle of your own hell, that you need to keep the faith. It's, it, it, it's, a hard, it's a whole different thing to read the scriptures uh, to give you, to, to help you with your faith when it is that you're going through the bad report like you gave scriptures to, the, to your friend when they was going through the bad report. All of it, you ever, you ever got, you know people that, that always want to quote scripture to you when you're going through something and then all of a sudden they begin to go through something and you try to return the favor and quote some scriptures to them and they don't even want, I don't want to hear that right now. I just, I, I ain't got time for all that right now. I got to figure out how I'm going to get better. Lord, have mercy. Faith was all there just a week ago. Before I go on, just let me say this. There, there are storms that God allows you to go through sometimes in order to prove your faith and sometimes to ready you for what's on the way. Some, some, of, you, some of you need to stop crying about some of the things that you're going through right now and ask God, what is it that's on the way? What do you... What, 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 what am I about to face that's on the way? Now watch this. You shouted when I said that, but I think you took it the wrong way. Some of you are going through it right now. Watch this. Because what's on the way is going to be far more turbulent. It's going to be far more. I don't hear no shouts now. It's going to be, it's going to be far rougher than what. See, see, every time God ain't always getting you ready for the blessing. Uh, sometimes God's getting you ready for the battle. And you got to be ready. You got to know the difference of going through it because of what's on the way. Or I'm going through it because what's on the way. You understand what I'm saying to you. And I don't know about nobody else. But God set me up. Get me ready. Get me battle tested. Get me wolf proof. Get me whatever I'm going to need to be able to receive I go up against what's coming up next in my life. 
Oh, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. God, God, God knew that Abraham and Sarah wanted their own child more than anything. And when, and when God finally delivered on his promise, he, he allowed Isaac to get between the ages of some theologians, say, 18 and 33. When God called out to Abraham and told him that he wanted Abraham to sacrifice his son on the altar. And immediately Abraham, Abraham prepared to leave and go and sacrifice the boy. Watch this. He didn't question God at all. You told me that he would be, I would be a father of nations. You told me that my son would go on to do great things. And he didn't say, well, but if all that's going to come to pass, then, then, then how's that going to come to pass if I'm going to sacrifice him? Abraham was working with an incredible, crazy faith. I'm talking about Abraham's faith needed Prozac. You understand what I'm saying to you? Abraham believed whatever God said and was willing to do whatever God told him to do. Lord, have mercy. Uh, 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 I want you to catch this. Immediately, Abraham, somebody say immediately. Immediately, Abraham prepared to leave and go sacrifice the boy. Abraham doesn't have to, have to have an explanation, and he's most definitely not going to question God. He just does as he's told. And in the book of Genesis chapter 22, verse number 5, Abraham sees where they are supposed to go and he tells the two men that he's brought along with him for the journey uh, 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 with him and Isaac, wait here, the lad and I shall go worship and then we will be back. I call that faith under pressure. I call it faith under pressure, but Abraham isn't pressured at all because he believes in his God. And he, I don't know how you're going to pull this off. I don't know how I'm going to sacrifice him, and he's still going to be everything that you claimed he was going to be. I don't know how I'm going to sacrifice him, and I'm still going to be everything that you said I would be. Can I just take it deeper and just deal with your emotions and your feelings for real? How many of us would be saying, I don't know how I'm going to sacrifice him and still love you after you made me kill what I loved more than any. See, 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 God don't mind you having people. God don't mind you having relationships. God don't mind you having, you know, you have people in your life that make you happy. The thing is, those people in your life, whether it be your boo, your bae, your husband, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your kids, your boss, your, your partner, he don't care about you having none of that as long as none of that comes before him. He's so powerful that he can, he can be exclusive with you and still let you have folk. Because the level of your relationship with him, uh, uh, the, the level of the relationship with people around you should never be able to reach. It's a, I, I love my wife and I love my daughter, but I got another type of love for God. You understand what I'm saying to you? I, I love them to my core, but, but I got a different type of love for God, baby. And, 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 and if I ever wake up from a bad dream and find out that they loved me more than they love God. She grounded and she slapped. You understand what I'm saying to you? <laughs> first time y'all seen first lady like, yeah, what? Hey, uh, mm. Hold on. Yeah. I call it faith, faith under pressure. But Abraham is impressive because he believes in his God. God was trying and proving his faith, and Abraham passed with flying colors. Then there are the trials of life. You know, the things that you have to go through. Some are big and some are small, and it's, it's going to take faith to keep your mind. You ever had an issue pop up where if faith not been on your side, you would have lost your mind? Mm. <laughs> 
But, but in fact, Lord, have mercy. In fact, you ever had something pop off to the point to where uh, it popped off with you, but everybody else around you went crazy? They, they love for you was so for real that they, they went crazy on the strength of what you was going through. They was, you, you told them about the situation, and then you had to turn around and start comforting them. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to, it's going to be a, all right. You know? Yeah. I, I need you to understand. So, so, so it's going to be some things, that's, and faith has to keep your mind. But, but then there is, there is where the enemy is attacking you, and, and, and you will need the word and faith to overcome the enemy. See, see, see many, many of you are going through battles that you've been going through for years, and it's not that the battle was really that, that super. It wasn't that, it wasn't that his approach was actually so, so enormous. It was so, it was so crazy. It was so major. It was so on point. The problem is, is that you ain't spoke to the situation correctly yet. You keep talking your talk when all you're supposed to talk is the Bible talk. You understand what I'm saying to you? See, I don't, I don't got time to tell somebody why they ain't going to do this to me and why I ain't worried about you. And, and let me tell you something. I've been out here making it for years, and I'm going to make it after you. And No, 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 no. I say stuff like, uh, uh, greater is he than you that's in the world. And you, you understand what I'm saying to you? I say stuff like, if he be for me, I don't care nothing about you coming up against me. I, I say stuff like, you know, the weapon, I, baby, you just forming, but you ain't going to prosper. You understand what I'm saying to you? I don't spend a whole lot of time arguing with people, going back and forth with people. No, 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 no. I just quote the word. Watch this. And I quote it to myself. I don't need it for them. I'm quoting the word to me so that I can move on with what I got to move on with because this joker ain't holding up him. His time, he's holding up mine. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. Yeah, yeah. You, some of y'all could come out of what you're going through right now with a word. Not your word. God's word. Can I say that again? Some of you could come out of what you've been going through for years if you spoke a word. Lord, have mercy. <laughs> but then there is the consequence of disobedience. Watch this. And here is when your faith comes into play that even while you are being chastened or disciplined of the Lord, you have to know and believe that it's for your profit. Or for, you, or, or, or for your best, that the Father deals with you when you're wrong. Let me tell you something. It takes faith to take the spanking. Mm. It takes faith to take the spanking and say, I ain't going nowhere. You, you, you remember when you was a kid and you used to get a whooping? And uh, I don't know about any of y'all, but I know that when, when I used to get a whooping, I could not wait to get out of the whooping, not just for the whooping to stop, but because I needed to get to my room, which was upstairs and around the corner, where she couldn't hear me and express how much I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. Beat me like that. I hate her. You understand what I'm saying to you? <laughs> but, but, but had I known that, I remember I walked out, I ran out into the street, didn't look left, right, left, and I ran out into the street, and it scared my mother to the point to where she came across the street, and she whooped me all the way up the street, up at the steps, up into the house, whooped me into my bedroom. She whooped me because she was scared. Now, had I understood, how had I had a faith in how she loved me, Lord, how mercy, I wouldn't have thought ill of her after she spanked me. Have you ever noticed that when young kids, young kids get disciplined, they get closer to you? 
But, but the ones that for you parents that don't like to whoop your kids and spank your kids and all that stuff, you're silly. I want you to understand you're, you're raising a potential a lunatic. You understand what I'm saying? To you? You're going to need bond money. You better spank them kids. I'm here to tell you, but you, you, you if you ain't going to spank them, you better lock your door at night because you, one day it might come up against you. You understand what I'm saying to you? And so <laughs> y'all ain't hearing me in here. I ain't going to spank my kids. Uh-huh. You're going to go visit your kids. Then, then I want you to understand So my grandson, Callie, and my grandson, Levi, uh, they, they are extremely energetic children. I mean, they got a whole lot of energy. And, and uh, uh, they can come up against their parents like it ain't nothing sometimes. And, 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 and the parents will, will say things like, I'm going to call your granddaddy. Or they'll call me and the kids will just start crying. Because they know that if they've been messing up, and I got the phone call, granddaddy's not going to talk nice to me. Y'all understand me? But when Callie and Levi see me, they jump into my arms and hold on to me. And granddaddy, and granddaddy this, and granddaddy, you, you understand what I'm saying to you? Because what they understand is you're only, you're only getting on to me because you care about me. You, you get on me because you love me. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? And so, and so, and so you got you to trust God that when he spanks you because you was disobedient, you, you have to have a faith that says, I love you even in the spanking. I trust that you ain't doing this because you having a bad day or because somebody rubbed you wrongly. You are doing this solely on the strength that you care for me, that you love for me, that you don't want me to die to my mess. Uh, somebody say amen. Yeah, you, you ought to be, somebody say, I'm glad for the spanking. I'm glad. And had he not spanked you, you'd still be doing it. Lord, have mercy. You know, the only thing that I've ever found worse than God spanking me is my choice spanking me. You, you ever been spanked by your choice? Some of it's called child support. <laughs> hmm. 18 years of spanking. Don't let them say that word rearage, that demonic word rearage. Shondo. <laughs> but, but, but there's a consequence for disobedience. And, and you have to be, you have to have faith while you're being disciplined because your father's never going to deal with you wrongly, not your father in heaven. For how can a parent claim to truly love their child if you will let your child get away with everything? And, and, and some of you have mistaken, watch this, a consequence for a storm. And as a result, you've been looking for God to stop the pain or to stop the punishment. But no, honey, this is something that you have to go through. And prayerfully, it's going, uh, if it's gone through properly so that you can be trained by it. Lord, have mercy. You, you see, you, see you, you know when you've been trained properly or trained by the punishment, when after the, the punishment is over, the thing or the person in which you was wrong with comes around with a tempting self. And, and as good as it looks, as nice as it smells, and despite how your, your, your natural uh, libido uh, has kicked into overdrive, all that keeps popping up in your mind is that punishment. 
the, that, that, that time separated from God, and immediately you flee that temptation. That's how you know if you receive punishment properly is when you can look at a 36, 24, 36 and declare, Satan, get behind me. I, I refuse to be separated uh, from the love of my father for you. I refuse to chance destiny for you. I refuse to lose purpose for you. I bet I don't spend another second of my life out of the circle of grace for a cheap thrill. I bet I don't wreck the next 30 years of promise for a couple of hours that had to be hidden and that can't bear fruit that steals my ability to be a blessing to everyone I know and am connected to. Lord, have mercy. Y'all don't hear me in here. It ain't nothing that you can present to me worth worth the lamb, Lord. Have mercy. And, and, and when you get to thinking like that, you ought to go ahead and give God a praise because it means that you're growing up. It means that what used to have power over you don't have power over you no more. Sure, or the next time you have to come and say something to him, take him with you. Put him in another chair. It's critical then to understand how important faith is. Because faith allows me to smile when in the natural everything around me is crashing down upon me. As long as I can remember that greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world, faith gives me this ability to stay committed Faith says uh, we have been here times in hard times before. We have been in the fire before. It has looked bad before. In fact, faith gives me the confidence and the gall to stand right in the middle of my circumstance that seems like I don't have a chance of coming out of and declare, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God has delivered us out of them. Anybody know what I'm talking Anybody ever had an affliction and, and, and can just go ahead and stand up and testify? There's been many afflictions, but God has He's Lord, how mercy. He's delivered us out of them all. I love that when the psalmist said, I once was young, but but now I'm old. And the two things I've never seen is the righteous forsaken or the seed begging bread. A thousand may come by my side and ten thousand. Oh, God, y'all don't hear me up in here. But I will not be. time in 2023 that the, the saint get a I wish, I wish he would mentality. I wish the devil would try me. I wish the devil would mess with my kids. I wish the devil would mess with my health. I wish the devil would mess with my finances. It's just going to give me the opportunity to show just how good my God is. Faith is such a great characteristic because faith allows you to be committed and the definition for committed means a willingness to give your time and energy to something that you believe in or a promise or firm decision to do something and, and I want to deal with the first part of that definition because before I give you another definition of commitment and, and the first clause of that definition says a willingness to give your time and energy to something that you believe in and the problem that we have in the 21st century westernized church is we're just simply not committed. We don't want to give our time to God to do the things of God that would ultimately give us an understanding of God to the point of when the enemy did come to do us harm, we wouldn't be moved. So so, so we will go to the barbecue where we know there's going to be a whole lot of unholiness going on. We, 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 will, you know, we know that there's going to be a whole lot of drinking. We know there's going to be a whole lot of weed smoking. We know that people are going to be tooting some powder, but we go anyway. And, 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 and we know that there's going to be profanity slung all 
all over the place, and we know all that, but we go to the barbecue anyway. Now, on that same second Saturday, we've been knowing all month that this virtuous women's women's group, and, and, and it's going to be happening as well. Ain't, ain't, ain't going to be no drinking there. Ain't going to be no smoking there. Ain't going to be no powder there. But but what is going to be there is a group of women with a desire to live holy. They, not, they might not be perfect, but they are there, and they're there because they have a desire to be better than what they used to be. You, you, you knew the second Sunday was the Men of Excellence men's program. Uh, you was going, uh, was going forth, but you didn't show up. No, no, you wanted to watch the game. You decided to walk, you decided to work overtime that wasn't mandatory. And you say things like, those groups is boring. Those groups just be talking about the same thing. Now, here's what's perplexing to me. You claim to want God for real, but you don't have time for the things of him for real. What's boring to me? Let me tell you what's boring to me is when you've got a two by eight cell. Lord, how mercy is what it felt like well, when, when you're sitting in a cell and you ain't got a TV and you got you to go to the bed. You can only go to the shower when they tell you you can go to the shower. You can only eat when they tell you you can eat. That's boring to me. Fellas, can I talk to you? You ever spent a significant amount of time without some female company and I'm just talking about to hold your hand while you watch TV. I'm talking about just to walk out of the bathroom and say, mm, 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 you show sure is fine this morning. You understand what I'm saying to you? That is boring to me. I, I, I got a problem when people sit back and say things like, that's just so boring to me. What would be boring to me is that you gave Sexy Dex another chance and Sexy Dex did what he did the last time after you gave Sexy Dex the pants. That would be boring to me. I know how this is going play out. I'm tired of the same old, same old. I'm tired of keeping on doing the same thing, expecting different results. I think I'm the one that's crazy. That's what's boring to me. A couple of years back, we had a banquet here. We had the something ended punch. Yeah, yeah, we, y'all heard me right. We had something ended punch. I walked into the sanctuary because we had a big old banquet being thrown here. My son, Stephen, ran up to me full speed and said, she said ain't nothing in the punch, but it tastes like something in the punch. Drink as much punch as you can right now because it ain't your fault. <laughs> and, all, <laughs> and I'm telling you, it felt like, Algeria, you was there, it felt like something was in that punch. My son, Stephen, the, the punch thing was right here, and Stephen stayed here all night. And just drink. He said, he said, I, they, they not going to say it was my fault. She brought it. <laughs> we left here. We danced. Amen. And it wasn't Kirk Franklin. We danced. We ate. We had a good time. We balled out. Did nobody get pulled over on the way home? Did nobody wreck their car on the way home? Everybody could have still passed a urine test the next day. There was no wrong, and everybody went where they were supposed to go when they got home. See, 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 holiness isn't boring if you're in it. But if you ain't in it, why, why, can't, a, why can't a geometry teacher sit back for hours and just talk numbers like it ain't nothing to him? Because he's in it. The reason why you didn't do as well as, as the kid next to you did was because he was in it a little bit more than you. Maybe Christianity ain't boring. Maybe it's just you ain't really in it. Oh, God. Oh, God. What's boring to me is not being able to live my life to the fullest because when you should have been at Virtuous Women's, uh, you chose to be at the cookout being cute. <laughs> 
And since you have no biblical training, you have yet to adopt the strength to say no to what needs to be said no to. And because you've yet to be delivered of low self-esteem, you give attention to the joker that's giving attention to you. And now, oh, God, I'm teaching it here. And now, not even a month later, you all in your feelings on social media because you've been played once again. That's boring to me. When you should have been at the men of excellence, you forfeited that opportunity because we just talk about the same old stuff. But my problem with that logic is you keep falling for the same old stuff. You still a slave to the same old stuff. With the training, uh, with training is going to come repetition. When training, when you're training, you're going to do what you are training for over and over and over again. And when you first begin in whatever it is that you're training for, we oftentimes get frustrated because we just keep doing the same old thing but you have to remember what you are training for you are training for the big moment the opportunity the big game and if you haven't been committed to the training to the doing it over and over and over again when the moment arises you will miss the moment you will miss the mark you will be willing to give your time and energy to an enemy that does not love you you've got to be in training Stop looking for everything to be fun, and, 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 and why don't you try getting focused? If you want to live this life successfully, you're going to have to go through some training. And you can't do that until you've made up in your mind this consecrated life is really what you want. I'm not going to try to sell you on God's peace. God's peace ought to be something that you want. After all the hell you've been through, you should want God's peace in your life. I'm not going to try to sell you on God's joy. After all the years of dealing with depression and suicidal thoughts, God's joy ought to be something that you want. I shouldn't have to try to sell God to you. And many of you stumbled in those doors some time ago, not because your friend invited you, not because you didn't have something else to do. No, baby. God was looking out for you when your friend invited you to church. God was looking out for you when you kept seeing the Unity Worship Center on your Facebook page. God was looking out for you when you heard that your old friend had started his own church or her own church. God was looking out for you when you kept, y'all don't hear me up here, when people kept saying things about God and, and everything was resulting back to God and everything was resulting back or, or spinning back to I'm going to pray for you. And, and some of you have been coming here for a minute now, uh, but you've yet to take that plunge. You still haven't fully committed. You still haven't crossed all the way over. But week after week, uh, uh, the world is working to destroy you, and you are finally starting to get it. And some of you are starting to see the need for commitment. You're starting to see to the need for being about the things of God. And let me just uh, give you this other definition real quick, and I'm out. Commitment is an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Let me say that again. Uh, an engagement, a commitment is an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. Lord, how mercy. Uh, an engagement or obligation that restricts freedom of action. The, the definition is uh, usually used like this. I was going to go to the dinner, but I had a prior commitment. Uh, you, you see, in this sense, commitment means I have given my word to do something, but somewhere and because of that commitment, I can't do, uh, for some reason, I can't do nothing else. I have to be where I'm supposed 
to be. And if you're trying to live this saved life for real, you've given your life to Jesus. Then you have a commitment to be where he is and do what he's called you to do. And I, I can't be caught up with the world and its antics anymore because I've committed myself to the Lord. Ah, relationships call for us to be committed. And I don't care what type of relationship you are in, there's going to be some hard times. And, and these are, there's going to be some disagreements with who you are and the relationships that you're in with. Uh, 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 whether friends, family, or intimate, you are not always going to agree. And because you don't always agree, you might ignore how they feel about a certain thing because in your mind, you feel that you're right and they're wrong. Here's the difference between uh, all those relationships and the relationship with God. Lord, have mercy. You may read about a certain subject in the word of God and, and see God's thoughts on it, how he feels about it. And you might feel differently from what you've read. You might not agree with what you read, but one thing's for certain and two things is for sure. How you feel about it, uh, whatever you read in God's word, really don't matter to God at all. He don't care nothing about your feelings. And, and number two, how you feel about what you read in God's word doesn't matter because God is always right. He is always perfect, and he knows what you don't know, and he knows what's best for you, even though you are the you that's in the body. Lord, have mercy. Now, 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 now that might be a problem for some of you, but when you get to the point that you've been in God long enough it no longer bothers you as much God said don't do it so I'm not going to do it I don't even have to know why I can't do it he said don't do it so it must not be for me Lord have mercy now now that might that I can see that be a problem for some of you but because you've been with him but for the ones that's been with him long enough you you are able to trust him whatever he says whatever he says he's right whatever he says is on point whatever he says I'm going to do because as long as I've been living, God has never been wrong. But because you have been with him long enough to be able to trust that whatever he says is best for you. And I've come to a point in my life where I don't want to be going back and forth on what I should do or how I should handle whatever. I, I don't want to know uh, about nobody else up in I don't I don't know about nobody else up in here, but but I done lost too much time making my own decisions. I done been hurt too many times trying to move forward on my own and I've come to appreciate the fact that I've got a book they call it God's word that I can search out my answers for life because I know that when I choose how he says choose I'm choosing life I'm choosing to live and I might not like the choice but I know it's the choice that's best for me how do you know that you're growing up you know that you're growing up when you don't like what the words say but you do what the words say a month later you don't only do what the words say, but you love what the words say because you understand why he said it. It's something about being in the presence of God that you can get in the presence and what you didn't understand when you read it, you begin to understand it while you're with him. Lord, anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I, I didn't really get it. I, didn't, I, thought, I thought he was just being a trip. I thought he was just power tripping. I thought he was just being a control freak, but I somehow got in the presence of God. And when I got in the presence of God, I got an understanding of the things of God. I got an understanding of what it was that he had for me. I, I got an understanding of who I really was in the presence of him. And because he understood me before I ever entered my mother, before, oh, let me back that thing up. Because he knew me before I was formed in my mother's belly. Before I was formed in my mother's womb. Watch this. He knew what I could take and what I could not take. So it wasn't that I didn't look good enough for her. It was really that she wasn't good enough for 
with me. It wasn't that I, I was too underqualified for the job. It was that the job wasn't ready for an anointing such as mine. When I get into the presence of God, I can get excited about the hell that I've been through. I can get excited about all the no's because now I know that the no's was for my good. The no's was for my best. Is it anybody in the building that's been through a little bit of something and you didn't understand it at first, but in the sweet by and by, in the presence of his weapon, oh God, in his presence, you found understanding. In his presence, you found peace. In his presence, you found comfort because you left his presence, understanding that the no, it was good that I was afflicted for such a time as this. It was good that he didn't let me have my way. It was good that I didn't get the car that I always wanted. It was good that I didn't get the female that I was chasing down. It was good that the man didn't stay around because he would have used me, dog, me, pimped me, did me wrong. Anybody understand that there is perks to being in the presence of the Lord? There's perks. There's perks to being in the presence of the Lord. And what Abraham had said was, I'm going to trust you. I'm still going to trust you. I'm still going to trust you. I'll kill him if you tell me to kill him. Because I trust him. Though you promised me, I'm going to trust you. We have to get to the point in our lives that when we see things not going in our favor, I'm still still going to trust him. When I'm called to trust him, but I can't trace him. I'm going to go ahead and trust him. You ever trust to the point to where it hurt? It hurt all the way through it because it, it wasn't what you saw for yourself. It, 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 wasn't, it wasn't what people prophesied over you. And, 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 it, and you trusted to the point to where it hurt. And you had to sacrifice, there's that word again. You had to sacrifice how you saw it, how you thought it should be, how you felt it would turn out. You had to sacrifice it and hurt. The no hurt. The shut door hurt. The broken engagement hurt. It hurt, but you trusted him. And had you not trusted him, there's no telling where you'd be today. You got to be mature to be saved. This, this ain't for the immature, baby. This ain't, this ain't, no, no. You see, because there's going to be some things, watch this, 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 this is going to snatch your smile. Life going to come, and it's going to snatch your smile. You you won't you won't know if you if you 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 won't know where you at you won't know whether you coming you you understand what I'm saying to you there's gonna be some things in life that's gonna that's gonna test everything you declare that's gonna test everything that you promise that's gonna test every vow that you made there's gonna come some times in life where 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 where, where you gonna you gonna second guess if you were you supposed to be being with the Lord and it's in those times that you have to trust. 
couple of months ago, someone called me and they, they told me a family member was dying. And their relationship, the relationship that they were a part of, was about to come to divorce. Kids, I can't make this up, the kids was just at their worst. Everything in their life was going insane. And they cried and talked and talked and cried for about 35 minutes straight without me getting to say a word. And then when they got done, I said, I'm so excited for you. And they said, Pastor, did you not hear with some agitation in their voice? Did you not hear everything that I said? I said my marriage is over. My family member's dying that I'm close to her. My children, if I get on the run from them. But did you, did you hear what I said? And I said, I did. And I'm so excited for you. Why would you be excited about when everything is broken in my life? And I said, because I remember in Scripture when Jesus told the crowd, he told the disciples to line them up in 50s and in hundreds so that he could feed them. And, and, and the disciples didn't have enough faith to give up their 12 baskets. So, so, so they, declared the work of, they declared the food of a young boy who had, uh, uh, what was it, five, two pieces of fish and five barley loaves of bread. And the scripture says, this is why I get excited. This is why I told him I'm, I'm excited about it. I said, because Jesus took the bread and he broke it. Then he blessed it. I said, baby, the fact that everything is broken in your life, you should get excited because you can't be blessed until you're first broken. And if that's anybody in the building today that says I'm in a broken place, I want you to get excited because God specializes in broken things. He's known to bless broken things. And as long as you're running around thinking that you can hold it and do it on your own, you're going to be broken. But until you decide, I can't take this anymore. I can't do this anymore. This is bigger than me. I'm through fighting. I'm through trying to play God. I'm through trying to fix it. I'm through trying to make it see my way. I am done. I am broken. God says, when it's broken is when I bless it. You understand what I'm saying to you? So get excited. Get excited if it's not all working out. Listen, stand to your feet.